Welcome to the new Docs in a Pod presented by WellMed. Over the next half hour, Docs in a Pod will educate you about the health and wellness of adults everywhere. Co-hosts Dr. Audrey Barria and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron will share information to improve your health and well-being. And now here are Ron Aaron and Dr. Audrey Barria. Well, thank you so much and welcome to Docs in a Pod. I'm Ron Aaron, your co-host, and delighted to have you with us. Our regular co-host for this particular session of Docs in a Pod, Dr. Audrey Barria, is on special assignment, and we're delighted to have as uh, her pinch hitter, Olivia Rahman, who is a nurse practitioner with Wellman at Ninth Avenue in St. Petersburg, Florida. She earned her nursing degree from Florida State University, Go Knowles in Tallahassee, also earned her master's degree with honors in nursing from the University of South Florida in Tampa. She's board certified in family practice. She previously received a Bachelor of Science degree in psychology from Florida State. Olivia is a 2018 DAISY Award winner. DAISY Award recipients are registered nurses who exemplify the nursing values and who are honored for their extraordinary compassion, courage, and integrity. From 2014 to 2015, Olivia worked as a middle school teacher in the National Teach for America program, which explains why she is not a middle school teacher. What a great experience <laughs> that had to be. Well, Olivia, thank you for pinch hitting and, and coming in uh, on behalf of Docs in a Pod. Tell us, for those who don't know, about the Teach for America program. Sure. Well, first of all, thanks for having me today. I will fill in for Dr. Barry anytime. I love being on the show. Um, so the Teach for America program is set up for anybody who's graduating college. You don't have to be you know, in school for teaching. Um, and the goal is to um, place people with bachelor's degrees in low income schools where they may not have enough teachers. Um, and the goal, I think, is, you know, that the people they place would stay, but it is a challenging program. It's very competitive. I have a lot of friends who are in the program that I met when I was there, and they're still teaching and they're still. Um, serving those low-income communities. So it really is a lovely program, especially. What led you into uh, nursing and then to become a nurse practitioner? So I liked working with children, but 25 <laughs> of them at a time was a little rough. Um, so I did go back to nursing school with the thought of working in pediatrics, which is what I did for about five years before I went back to nurse practitioner school. And now with WellMed, you work primarily with Medicare-eligible seniors. Yes, I do, which actually I love so much. It's a lot different than pediatrics in a way, but I knew working with kids in an office setting, it's a lot different than in the hospital. So I just, I knew I didn't want to do that. But. And I'm assuming you resonate with our topic today, diabetic foot care and common foot conditions uh, among diabetics, because many of the patients I know you see have diabetes. Oh, for sure. I know. I wish I had an exact percentage or number, but at least half of the patients that I see on a daily basis, I would say, have diabetes. Um, I actually pulled some statistics before um, coming on today, and it's almost 50% of the population either has diabetes or is pre-diabetic or borderline, and a lot of them don't even know. So it's actually a great topic to be talking about today and going to touch a lot of people. Well, we're going to invite our special guest on, Dr. Gregory Sternemann. He's a doctor of podiatry medicine at Wellman Specialist for Health in San Benito. Dr. Gregory uh, Sternemann is 
uh, has earned his podiatric medical degree from the Dr. William M. Scholl College of Podiatric Medicine in North Chicago, Illinois. He then completed his podiatry surgical residency through the Minnesota Southwest Residency Program in Worthington, Minnesota. Dr. Sternerman is board certified by the American Board of Foot and Ankle Surgery. And obviously, you left the snows of Minnesota uh, to go to San Benito. Yeah, well, uh, thank you for having me. I appreciate well, welcome. that. Welcome. Um, thank you. Uh, yeah, I actually had a started a practice down in Texas about 25 years ago uh, in East Texas, and I had that practice for about 23 years before I start joined WellMed. I didn't think I'd be way down here, but here I am, all the way down on the border. So I get to enjoy the South Padre Island, which is pretty nice. So, and as we heard. Uh... Uh, nurse practitioner Raman say, uh, there's so many people in Texas and elsewhere with diabetes. And, and with that, if you can give us an overview of the 411, Dr. Sternerman, on diabetes and foot issues, what are we talking about? Well, diabetics are very prone to foot uh, problems just because of their, their diabetes can affect <clears throat> their uh, arterial system and their nervous system. Specifically, those are probably two of the biggest problems that are reasons that they have these foot problems. Uh, many patients will develop uh, peripheral neuropathy, which basically is where the nerves don't work as well. I kind of explain it like that. The nerves just aren't working as well. So they might start getting symptoms such as numbness, burning, tingling. Uh, they might feel that their feet are hot, they're cold. They may feel strange sensations in their feet, but the, the problem with that is if they're, let's say they're walking around and they walk barefoot, which we tell all of our, all of our patients they should not do, is they may step on something and not know it. Um, I recently had a patient that was out on the island uh, walking around on the beach and he did not have his shoes on and he burned the bottom of both feet. And, you know, we had to treat him for that for a while. And luckily he didn't have an infection or anything, but. But he didn't know he'd burned his feet. He didn't know it until he could feel like the skin flapping around on the bottom of his feet oh, wow. because of, because of the blistering. So, so yeah, so luckily he did well, but uh, that, that's one of the things we, we try to explain is that, you know, that's very important to check your feet every day, uh, wear your shoes. Um, and, you know, so that's kind of the main thing with peripheral neuropathy. Uh, the other problem a lot of diabetics have is they will start to develop arterial uh, problems, blood flow, the blood going into their feet. And if their, if their blood flow is starting to decrease, uh, they may have a lot harder time to heal things. Um, if they need an antibiotic, that antibiotic may not flow to their foot like it needs to, because their blood flow is not as good. Um, oftentimes if their circulation is really poor, they can even develop gangrene and, and things like that. Point. Stay with us. I'm going to come right back to you, but I want to let folks know who may have just joined us. You're listening to Docs in a Pod, brought to you by WellMed. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, pinch hitting today, Olivia Raman, a nurse practitioner, and, and you find her with WellMed. She's pinch hitting for Dr. Audrey Barrier today, and we're talking with our very special guest, Gregory Steinman, who is a podiatrist. We're talking about diabetes and foot issues. Uh, you mentioned gangrene. Uh, I, I have a friend who actually works at the radio station where we originate our programming, 
uh, who's given us permission to talk about his situation. He has diabetes. Uh, he, he went for several years uh, not treating it. He figured out oh, he knew what his blood pressure was. He knew what his high sugar levels were and weren't. And he figured he could take care of it without paying attention to it. Ultimately, he cut a bottom of his foot uh, in a swimming pool. He developed gangrene and uh, was forced to have that leg amputated. Tragically, San Antonio leads the nation in the number of diabetic amputations. Uh, in, in my friend Barry's case, uh, it came as a complete shock. He's had to obviously adjust and, and change his whole life. And, and Dr. Steinman, that's one of the side effects of gangrene, is it not? Oh, yeah. I mean, if uh, gangrene is just when there's not enough blood flow, um, oftentimes infections can kill all the tissue around that area and thus killing the, the blood, the arterial, the arteries as well. Plus, if they already have poor circulation, it's just, it's just, you know, a lot worse. Oftentimes the bone gets infected uh, and it just spreads. And, uh, you know, that unfortunately is what happens often to a lot of diabetics. Hopefully, um, most, most patients, if it's in the toe or the front part of their foot, we can do a partial amputation, either a toe or maybe just part of their foot and still save their foot. But, and that's really what podiatry is trying to do because that's our main, we can't do higher up amputations like below the knee amputation. So we're really trying to save the foot is, is what we're trying to do. In his case, he didn't realize he had a problem until the odor got to him. Exactly. I've had patients like that. So mm -hmm. they can't feel it. They don't know it's there. I've even had patients where they don't even know it until their family member says, what is that smell? And they finally find it and send them in. And unfortunately, a lot of times by, by the time it's that bad, it is kind of too late. So, and what do you recommend? You said, don't go barefoot. Are there special shoes that people should be wearing with diabetes? Uh, yes. Uh, most insurance companies will cover diabetic shoes and insoles and what those are. Um, it's just diabetic shoes have to come in different widths. I think it's at least three different widths per shoe size. Um, most places, uh, a lot of podiatrists do them, but uh, we are able to, at WellMed, we are able to send to places that, that we approve that are good at measuring and dispensing the shoes. Uh, but what's more important, not just is the shoe, but it's the insoles that come with the shoes because the insoles are formed to the foot. They're oftentimes they can be heat molded or custom made insoles if they have deformities, but those insoles are designed to take the pressure off the bottom of the foot and they're designed to wear out instead of the skin wearing out. So, and being fit properly, make sure we make sure that if they have a deformity such as a bunion or, or a hammer toe or something that we don't have pressure on those areas. So that's why those shoes, shoes and insoles are important. Now, what are bunions? I know, I know my late grandma Tamarkin had a bunion. I remember uh, uh, her daughters, she had seven kids, five daughters, used to cut a hole in her shoes yeah. for her bunion to hang out. And yeah. what is a well, bunion? Well, you got it. You kind of hit it right there. It is kind of a hereditary condition. Uh, it's a, bump on the side of the big toe, basically the, the joint by the big toe starts to get larger on the inside of the foot, the medial side, and the toe typically starts to go drift towards the lesser toes. Sometimes the bunion will, the, the big toe will overlap or underlap the second toe. And the biggest issue with that is 
that big bump on the inside of the foot gets very large. And if there weren't a shoe that pushes on it, you know, it just, it can put pressure on there and cause an ulcer. Um, sometimes we can do surgery on those, but usually if a patient's, uh, you know, our diabetics, we like to be careful with, especially if they're older patients, uh, we would prefer to get them into shoes and try to avoid surgery if we can. Diabetics don't heal as well. So uh, if they're a younger diabetic, real healthy, then sometimes surgery can be indicated for correcting a bunion. Are, are bunions something you see commonly? Uh, yeah, we do see those pretty commonly. Um, our patient population with WellMed, uh, they tend, we do tend to have a little bit older patients. Um, so we do try to be a little bit more careful about operating on those kind of patients. Uh, as patients get older, their bone stock isn't as strong. So the types of bunion procedures we can do on them aren't, they may not heal as well, or they may not uh, be the best procedures for them. So we Stay try with to me. avoid surgery. We're going to come right back to you and to our guest host, uh, Olivia Rahman. We're talking about diabetes and foot care, common foot conditions. And as we move along, we'll expand it into the other kind of common foot issues that people have, whether you have diabetes or not. I'm Ron Aaron. Thanks for joining us on Docs in a Pod. Hi, it's Drew Pearson from my friends at WellMed. As a Hall of Famer, I love it when a quarterback and receiver have a great connection. You can be part of a great connection too. Connecting WellMed's high-quality healthcare with the highest-rated Medicare Advantage plan helps you focus on staying healthy. Call 210-436-6005 or visit wellmedhealthcare.com slash connect. Drew Pearson is a paid spokesperson. Other plans are accepted. For full enrollment details, visit medicare.gov. We're bouncing right along and appreciate you being with us on Docs in a Pod, presented by WellMed. I'm Ron Aaron. Our co-host today, Olivia Rahman, a nurse practitioner, filling in for her colleague, Dr. Audrey Barriott. And we're talking on our Docs in a Pod hotline with Dr. Gregory Sternerman. Dr. Sternerman is at WellMed Specialist for Health in San Benito, Texas, down along the border. And we're talking about diabetic foot care and common foot conditions that a diabetic may experience. And as we're talking about this, uh, Dr. Sternerman, you had mentioned issues involving peripheral neuropathy about uh, poor blood circulation uh, in the feet. Uh, what are some of the other concerns that uh, you would have about someone with diabetes? Well, just some of the other conditions that they can develop. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about, about foot deformities. We just talked about bunions, uh, hammer toes or, or curled toes when the big, when the little smaller toes kind of curl up. Um, and they can rub on the shoes. So we're careful to make sure that our patients have shoes that are wide enough and don't put pressure on the, on the toes. Um, another common thing we see with our diabetics are fungal toenails and ingrown toenails. So fungal toenails in itself is not the fungus in itself is not harmful necessarily to the patient, but it can cause a thicker toenail. That thicker toenail may put pressure to the underlying nail bed and cause uh, an ulcer under the toenail. Uh, and, you know, ultimately that could get infected. The, the fungal toenails can become loose. Bacteria can get underneath the loose toenail. Um, so we do try to treat that. Typically, we'll, I prefer to use a topical for a lot of our 
patients just because some of the oral medication can affect their liver. And oftentimes they're on medications that can affect their liver as well. Um, ingrown toenails are when the Part, the toenail at the end of their toe starts to dig into their skin, and these often can become painful. But of course, if a patient has neuropathy and they don't have a lot of feeling, they may not know that. And But they can look at their feet if they see their toe is starting to get red or swollen. Um, you know, that's something, or if it starts to drain, that's when we need to really take a look at it. So we often will suggest to our patients as well, and WellMed has uh, nail technicians, we often will have our patients come in at least every two months to see either myself or the nail techs to have their nails trimmed. We don't suggest that they trim their own toenails or have a family member do that just because we want somebody trained, well-trained, and if they have uh, their circulation's not well and somebody cuts them or they cut themselves, they can end up getting an infection and, and leading to an amputation. Wow. Uh, so you don't recommend uh, self-surgery to dig out an ingrown toenail? Not at all. Not at all. So, yeah, and we do. I mean, I've had patients that have done that in the past. And, you know, I've seen patients that I'll say, well, why, why did, what happened to your big toe? And they'll say, oh, I trimmed my own toenail <laughs> and it got infected and they lost it. So, you know. They lost their big toe? Uh, if the bone gets infected wow. and, and, you know, and it kind of spreads some, that can happen. Yes. So Olivia, so. You, do you see these same kinds of issues? Oh, for sure. Um, the toenail fungus is probably like the most common thing that I see. Um, but we have a ton of patients with neuropathies as well, which is really where it starts. And a lot of patients who are even just pre and borderline diabetic already are starting to have neuropathy symptoms. So it's like numbness and yeah. tingling in the bottom of your feet. And that does lead to everything we've already talked about. If you don't have feeling in your feet and you step on a rock, you're not going to know that you have a cut there and then it's going to potentially get infected and, you know, poor circulation leads to poor healing. It just kind of all compounds on each other. So. We and prefer I, to podiatry often, yeah. I, I gather it's important, as you mentioned earlier, Dr. Sterneman, you need to look at your feet. And if you can't see the bottom of your own feet, either put a mirror on the ground or have someone look at it for you. Exactly. No, that's a great advice. That's exactly what we tell our patients is uh, <clears throat> to do those things. Use a mirror or ask, ask a family member to look at their feet. Um, we usually suggest that they, you know, wash their feet daily dry well between the toes. A lot of our patients like to put cream or lotion between their toes, but we always tell them don't do that because, you know, if, if that tissue in between the toes gets moist, they can, uh, the skin can oftentimes crack, they can get fungus in there. Um, so that's, you know, we always make sure they're aware of those kind of things. In my early days, one of the first jobs I had as a kid, I was a toe checker at Cleveland Municipal Swimming Pools where before people could go into the pool, they put their foot up on a little board and I'd look as they spread their toes. Uh -huh. I had no training. I, I, I was supposed to identify <laughs> if they had athlete's foot or something like that. No Is way. athlete's foot still a problem? By the way, I didn't last long in that job. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it, it is still a problem. Um, you know, it's also related to the fungus in the toenails. So they're very, uh, they're basically the same type of fungus. Um, 
fungal tinea or athlete's foot is actually a lot easier to treat than the toenail fungus. Uh, we can use creams and uh, lotions for that and usually get rid of that. But one of the things with diabetics is, you know, we just make sure if they're, we, that's why we won't want them to wash their feet, wear socks with their shoes. Um, you know, a lot, oftentimes we'll have them use powder between the toes to kind of help keep them dry. Um, but yeah, that's, we want to definitely prevent things like tinea and athlete's foot. Why are so. socks important? Well, uh, one of the other reasons socks are important is, you know, to de decrease the moisture to the foot, but also it protects their foot from their shoes. So, um, you know, they're more prone to blistering if their shoe kind of rubs on their, that you need a nice barrier between the shoe and the, and the skin. So the sock is, is the best way to do that. So I tell patients, even if a lot of the ladies don't like to wear socks or anything with their, you know, shoes, even the diabetic shoes, some of them are small little Mary Janes and they just want to slip them on. But I tell them at least put a stocking on there, just something between their skin and the shoe to keep it from causing a blister. Some of the other issues I want to touch on before we run out of time, uh, the uh, a podiatrist I see in, in San Antonio also with specialists for health is uh, Dr. Corey Wallace. And we had a discussion one day about metatarsal pain that apparently turns out to be pretty common pain on the bottom of your foot. Uh, she had recommended uh, if you have that, there are little pads that uh, you can put on your foot that will uh, relieve the pressure. First of all, what is metatarsal pain? What causes it? Well, that, I mean, there could be a lot of different things that cause metatarsal pain, but if you're talking about just directly to the metatarsal itself, you may have just increased pressure under that bone. Um, sometimes the, the structure of your, of your foot, well, the metatarsals are in a, what we call a declination pattern. So it helps form your arch. Some of those metatarsals may be a little lower than the other one. So you may have more pressure under that one. You may lose padding underneath the metatarsals that can cause um, more pressure to the bone underneath there. So that's why sometimes padding uh, underneath the metatarsals or something to, to accommodate that area can help. Um, some people get neuromas, which are little pinched nerves that the, the, basically the metatarsal will roll over and that can cause some pain. Um, that's more of a burning, tingling, shooting that kind of shoots into your toes. Um, so there, you know, there's many reasons that can cause it. You can get arthritis, you can get what's called capsulitis of the joint. So if you get, all of that's though basically related to pressure to the area. Now, how do you know when to see your PCP or a podiatrist? Well, I mean, I guess that's a tough one. I, I, you know, I always, uh, being a specialist, I'm, I'm fine with the patients if they have a foot problem just to, to call us and come in. But, um, you know, I, I don't know, maybe Olivia can answer that question more as far as how she likes that to occur. When do you refer Olivia? Um, so, I mean, it wouldn't hurt to start with your PCP if you feel like you're having foot issues. If you're already established with a podiatrist, then sure, go ahead and give them a call if you're starting to have a new issue. Um, there are some, you know, things that we can treat. We can help with neuropathies, certain like athlete's foot, very treatable in a PCP's office. Um, but especially in diabetics, it's nice if they're having complications to establish with the podiatrist, even just for regular foot checks, even if nothing's wrong, just to make sure nothing becomes wrong. And before we run out of time, Dr. Sternemann, plantar fascia is something we hear a lot about. Uh, 
Uh, I, I don't know that we self-diagnose it properly. What is it? Plantar fasciitis is um, basically there's a ligament. I, I, I call it a ligament because it connects a, a bone to basically other bones. And it's a strong ligament on the bottom of your foot that basically helps hold your arch together. And what can happen when you walk that fascia, it's called, a, you know, it's basically fascia. It can stretch out and get inflamed. Oftentimes people will have a spur on the bottom of their heel, which is kind of a misconception. It's usually not the spur causing the pain. It's the inflammation of that fascia tugging on the, on the bone. So that's why typically we can treat it with anti-inflammatories uh, to decrease inflammation and the pain. But the best way to treat plantar fasciitis is really a good shoe, a good insole to hold the arch up, control the motion of the foot. People that tend to, their foot that tends to roll in or pronate tends to stretch out that plantar fascia. People with tight calf muscles, that tends to cause plantar fasciitis ah. to be worse as well. Well, we are flat out of time. I really think it's been great. Learned a lot. Appreciate you coming on. And we look forward to talking with you again. Dr. Gregory Sterneman, a podiatrist, doctor of podiatry medicine, a specialist for health member at San Benito. And thanks to our pinch hit co-host today, nurse practitioner, Olivia Rahman. I'm Ron Aaron. We'll talk with you again soon, right here on Docs in a Pod. Executive producers for Docs in a Pod are Dan Calderon and Leah Madrano. Our producer is Isaac Wilker, and associate producers are Natalie Ibarra and Maurice Hudson. Thank you for listening to Docs in a Pod, presented by WellMed. We welcome your emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. And be sure and tune in next week for another edition of Docs in a Pod with Dr. Audrey Barria and Ron Aaron.